Well, hey, Hope Des Moines, how are you doing this morning? It's so good to be with all of you. My name is Nick Brannon, and I am the high school ministry coordinator at our West Des Moines campus. And it's great to be here this morning. Uh, and, and, and you picked a... Yeah, it is great to be here this morning. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. I love this campus. It's so much fun to be here. There's so much energy in the room, and God is working among us. So I'm really excited to be with you today. Uh, today, we're starting a brand new sermon series called The Songs for the Summer. And uh, what we're going to do in this series is we're going to talk about some songs. We're going to look at some lyrics together uh, and, uh, and sing. Obviously, we've been doing some singing, but uh, we're going to look at some songs that have impacted thousands and thousands of people, uh, and we're going to try to find some meaning for ourselves in, in those songs. So to get things started, uh, since we're talking about songs, we're talking about music, and, and I really like music, I'm sure most of us would like music of some sort, uh, but I want to tell you about something that happened to me this week. I got to cross something off my bucket list this week. It was very, very exciting. It was on Thursday night. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. Boston was in town. Yeah, that's right. Boston was in town. And I got tickets to the show. And I got to go see th these guys play their awesome hits like uh, uh, More Than a Feeling and Don't Look Back. And it was just incredible. And they had Kansas with them and Blue Oyster Cult. I don't know if you can say Colton Church. Is that okay? Uh, but um, hopefully you're fine with it. Uh, and, and it was incredible. It was this incredible show. And after the concert, I, I was thinking about it, and it's like, wow, Boston has been touring for 40 years. That's older than me. Like that, That's a long time to be playing these songs, and there's still something about those songs that can cause you to just want to crank up the radio, that can cause you to fill up a stadium like Wells Fargo and cause middle-aged women to stand up out of their seats and wave their hands in the air like they just don't care, okay? And, and there's something about that that 40 years later, these songs still move people. And there's something about music, right, that, that does that. It, it, there's something that it, it inspires us. So you got to respect Boston. you got to respect these guys that after 40 years, their, their music still moves people. But what I want to talk to you about today isn't a song that's 40 years old, isn't a song that's even 100 years old. I want to talk to you about a song that was written by a guy named Martin Luther almost 500 years ago that still played in churches all over the world every single weekend today because this song has resonated with the human soul. And no matter what you think about classic rock or anything like that, you got to respect Boston. And no matter what you think about old music or hymns or even church or God, you got to respect that there's something about this song that has just resonated with the human spirit for years and years, for centuries, for centuries. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to just take a look at the song together and, and figure out what, what is it in this song that's so amazing. And actually, let's put the, the lyrics to the first verse up on the screen, uh, and I'll show you why this matters to all of us, even if you're not really into hymns or church or God. So this is what it says. It says, uh, actually, can we just say it out loud? Is that okay if we read it together? Let's do this. Uh, no, we're not going to sing it yet. We'll sing it later. I'm not singing with a microphone. Hello. Okay, we're, gonna, we're just going to read the words. Okay, here we go. So it, it says, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulkward never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Good writing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate, 
on earth is not his equal. That was written by Martin Luther, the guy we take our name from as a church in 1529. That was a long time ago. And the reason why this song has resonated for so many years is the word in, in that third line, ancient foe. Every single one of us have encountered pain, have encountered evil, have encountered the darkness that exists in this world. When you look around the the world and you look at your relationships or you look at the news, it's not hard to see that sometimes it feels like the world is falling apart. Sometimes there's things that aren't the way that they should be. There's this ancient foe, and you can call it the devil, you can call it death, you can call it cancer, you can call it whatever you might want to call it. But there's, there's something in this world that's just not right. And it's the thing that, that causes our heart to want something more. And that's what this song grapples with. And that's why this song has resonated for so many years. And, and if you want to just kind of get the basic translation, okay, Nick, that's some really old English. I'm not really sure uh, what that even means. Essentially, what Martin Luther is saying is we have this ancient foe on earth is not as equal there's a big bad wolf in this world, okay? And the question is, where do you go when your world's falling apart? You guys remember the story, the three little pigs? You remember it? You remember how the story goes? So if you don't remember, I'll just give you a little reminder. Uh, so there's three little pigs, and, uh, and they're going to build their house because they don't want to become bacon for the big bad wolf, okay? So they're gonna build their house, and one builds a straw house uh, because that'll be fine, and then the pig can play. And the other says, well, I'm gonna build a little strong, stronger house. I'll build it out of sticks, and, uh, and that'll be just fine. And the other one's like, guys you, guys, you guys aren't working hard enough. You need to build it out of bricks. Otherwise, you're not gonna be safe, okay? So build it out of bricks. And so uh, the, they build their three houses, and then the big bad wolf comes. So call it cancer, call it sin, call it death, whatever you wanna call it. So the big bad wolf comes to the, the straw house, and he knocks on the door, and what does he say? Do you remember? Little pig, little pig, let me come in. And, and you know what the pig says? Not by the hair of my... Yeah, that's right, that's right. So that's what he says. And so he says, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll... Oh, this is great. This is so much fun. So, so he does that, right? So he blows the house down in the story. And, uh, and what does the pig do? He runs to the stick house, right? He goes to the stick house. And so the big bad wolf comes again, right? And the big bad wolf says, yep, little pig, little pig, let me come in. He says, no, but they're much in chin chin. And I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. And he blows the sticks down and the pigs run and they run to the brick house. And of course, they're safe in the brick house because there's no way that a wolf can blow down a brick house because it's a mighty fortress, right? Hey, you see the connection? So, so that's, that's what happens. Now, um, the reason why this matters for all of us, and by the way, if you're like, hey, can you get to the Bible? Uh, Jesus told this story about uh, how there were these two men. There's a, a wise man that built his house on the rock, and there was a foolish man that built his house on the sand. So this story actually has some biblical background, doesn't it? But the reason why I want to share this story with you is because for many of us, when, when we grapple with this question, where do you go when your world is falling apart? For many of us, we go to a straw house. We go to a straw house. And we know that that house isn't very strong. I mean, maybe when you're feeling insecure when you're feeling not safe or like the world's falling apart, you turn to your phone. 
and you get on social media. Or maybe you turn to a substance and you get a bottle out and you know that that's not good for you. You know it's not, not really gonna help. You know it's just, a, it's just a straw house. You know that if you go back to that person that's hurt you again and again, they're probably gonna do it again, but at least tonight they'd make you feel secure. And we know it's a straw house. And sometimes when the straw house falls, falls down, we go to things that are a little more complex. We're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not gonna depend on uh, you know, uh, drugs and gang violence to comfort me. I'm gonna go to my money. I'm gonna go to my career. I'm gonna try to make sure that I have the people around me that will make sure that I'm in the social circles that I want to be in. And, and I'm gonna live in this house and go to this house for security. And most of us have lived long enough to know that those things don't last that the big bad wolf can still get in, that sin and sickness and death can still get in. And so what about the brick house? And uh, of course, you know, I'm going to say, because I'm a preacher, I'm going to say, well, you should go to God instead of drugs and violence and your money and stuff like that. Of course, I'm going to say that. So if you're like, I've heard the sermon before, well, I just want to point out for those of you that feel like you're building your house on maybe your values or your family, which are good things, by the way. And by the way, money's not a bad thing either, unless it becomes your God. If it's the only thing you're depending on, if it's your stick house, it's not going to come through for you. But there's many of us that think, okay, well, I'm building my life, my foundation, it's on my family, and it's, it's on my values and, and my education, and, and if I just get all my bricks in a row, then I'll be safe. But the truth is, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how close your family is. They can't save you from death, can they? The big bad wolf can get into that house. And those are good things, but there's an enemy that's bigger than that. And where will you go when your world starts to fall apart. What rock will you build your house on? And that's why Martin Luther, he wrote this song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And you might say, okay, Nick, I know, I know you're a preacher and you're gonna say run to God and, and uh, that's where you have to go for enemies like death and, and sin and the evil that's in this world because it's bigger than my family and it's bigger than my values and there's no way that I'm gonna be able to take, take care of that. I get that. But still, Christians have all sorts of pain and hurt even though they run to God. So what's the deal with that? So what I wanna do to get at that question is I want to show you the song behind Martin Luther's song, uh, which is actually a psalm. Okay, did that make sense? So it's a song behind the song, which is a psalm. And what's a psalm? A psalm is a song. So it's just like a Bible word for a song. And it's in the Bible. So if you have a Bible, you can open up. To, it's like right in the middle. It's in the book of Psalms. And uh, it's Psalm 46. Martin Luther was inspired by this scripture. And it's a very popular scripture. And it helps us get at this idea of where is God in the midst of our pain? Can we really depend on him? So this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. Everyone say this next word. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is always ready to help in times of trouble? Sometimes, if I'm honest with you, it's hard for me to believe. 
It's so much easier for me to run to my straw house or my stick house and to, to depend on it. If I can just manage how people think of me, if I can, if I can just uh, get, get a little more money, if I can just uh, figure this out, then I'll be okay. And it's easy for me personally to forget that God is always ready to help in times of trouble. Always. And if we believe that, look at what would happen. It says, so we will not fear, not if, but when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into, sea, into the sea. And, and what would it be like in your life for whatever your earthquakes are, whatever the mountains that are crumbling into the sea or that have already crumbled into the sea and you're missing the way that it used to look? What would it look like in your life to have this sort of attitude? Let the oceans roar and foam. Let it happen. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And the Bible's not saying you should be happy about bad things that happen in your life. God's not happy about it. You, you don't need to be happy about it, okay? But what the scripture is saying, what God is saying to us, is that these things can happen. And it's not over. For many of you, there's a battle in your life that it looks like you're about to lose. But your hope is in the fact that God's already won the whole war. Skip down to, to verse 10. This is a really popular verse. Some people like tattoo it on their body or put it on their social media or like write it in a little thing and put it in their car. There's like, all, like people are just eat this verse up. Super popular. This is, if you've never heard this before, I'd really recommend maybe memorizing this or just kind of meditating on this. This is a, a really good one. This is what it says in verse 10. Be still. helping you practice. Okay. So be still. Isn't it so hard to be still? It's so difficult to be still because there's so much going on. There's so many pressures and expectations. Time seems to go faster and faster every year. Things seem to get harder and harder every year that you live. It's so hard to be still. And because of that, it's so hard to have peace, even if you can play the game really well. And some of you, you figured out how to play the game really well. You figured out how to build your brick home. Some of you, you're like, it's been tough to figure out how to play the game really well, and I feel like I keep going to straw homes or stick homes. But either way, until you think you're safe, until you think that God has you, it's so tough to be still. And that's why he says to be still. And actually, this is God speaking in the psalm. He's commanding, be still and know that I am God. You do not have to be God. You do not have to control everything in your life because you can't. You can't do it. Don't try. If you try to control everything, you're going to end up a sad person. You're going to end up a busy person. You're going to end up an anxious person. God cares too much about you and about your soul for you to not take time to be still. Think about this. God created the human being to have eight hours of sleep every single day. There's 24 hours in a day. Therefore, God created you and me 
to do nothing but be still for one-third of your entire life. Be still. And know that I am God. And then it says, I will be honored by every nation. In other words, it might not be happening from every nation right now, but it will happen. I've won this war. It will happen. I will be honored throughout the world. Let the Lord of heaven's armies, or the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us, the psalm says. The God of Israel is our fortress, which is where Martin Luther got the name. A mighty fortress is our God. And so to kind of just to sum everything up, if I was going to just put this into one little sentence so that we can remember this, this is what I would want you to remember. It's that God is not shaken just because the world's falling apart. If the world is falling apart around you, that says nothing about the stability and the might of God as our fortress. That says nothing about that. Just because the world is shaky doesn't mean that God is shaky. He's steady. He's a steady Eddie, whatever that means, right? Like, God is steady. You can depend on him even when your world is crumbling. And we see this all through the scriptures. Uh, It's all through the Psalms especially. Look at Psalm 62. We'll put this next one up on the screen. It says this, He alone is my rock and my salvation. I love the word alone. There is no house that you can build that can be your salvation like God. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. It even rhymes in English, which is great. So that should be a song. I'm sure it is somewhere. So, but you see it in the Psalms everywhere. You see it in the very beginning of the Bible when, when Adam and Eve, they took the fruit from the tree where they essentially said, I don't trust you, God, to have the security and the life that I hope to have. So I'm going to take this other thing. And it looked like the whole world was start, started to just fall apart. But did you know that in that moment, God was not shaken? God had a plan, and God did something about it. And, and later, he made this promise to Abraham and made the nation of Israel, but the nation of Israel ended up enslaved in Egypt, and it looked like the whole world was falling apart, and like God had forgotten about them, and God had forgotten about uh, the promise that he made to Abraham. The whole world's falling apart, but guess what? God was not shaken. And when there was no one to stand up to Goliath, the giant warrior that was going to conquer Israel, and there was, except for the shepherd boy, God was not shaken. When the armies came up to Jerusalem and were taking God's people away into exile, do you think God was shaken then? No. The world might have looked like it was falling apart, but God was not shaken because he had a plan. When there was 400 years of silence from any of God's prophets until Jesus came, and it seemed like God had just forgotten about his people. Do you think God was shaken then? Do you think that God was any less on the throne? Do you think God cared, didn't care about his people anymore? No, he had a plan. He was doing something to not just win a battle, but to win the whole war. And so what he did is 2,000 years ago, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world. And he lived this perfect life, and he had these disciples, and these disciples followed him uh, because he taught all these amazing things and did all these uh, miraculous signs to show that the kingdom of God, that, that God's rule, that God's power was among us. And then there was a night where he was betrayed. And some religious leaders and some governmental leaders that were threatened by this movement that Jesus has started 
They took Jesus and they beat him up really bad. Really, really bad. And they took his body and they nailed it to a piece of wood and they hung him there until he died. And can you think about that from the perspective of the disciples? It looked like their whole world, their master, their teacher, their Lord, their Savior, who was just being killed, their whole world was falling apart. But God was not shaken because that was Friday. And on Sunday, his tomb was empty because the spirit of our God had raised Jesus from the dead and the earth was shaken, death was shaken, and there is no longer a victory, a sting for death and for sin and for the evil that's in this world because Jesus conquered it. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our fortress. Our God is a mighty fortress. And just because the world is falling apart around us doesn't mean that we do not have a safe haven, that we do not have a mighty fortress that's stronger than our straw, stronger than our sticks, stronger than our bricks. A mighty fortress is our God. And I wonder, do you believe that? I mean, are you capable of of resting in the fact that God is bigger than your death? That's really hard for me. I'm just going to be really honest with you. I'm a control freak. I like to control things. I like to be in charge. It's hard for me to be still and know that he's God, not me. Some of you are elbowing each other. Okay, so that's awesome. I'm not alone. It's so tough to be still. In fact, your soul won't be still until you believe that you're safe. Your soul won't be still until you believe that you can rest in the arms of God, that he will win whatever war it is that you're fighting, even if the battle seems to be getting you right now. It takes faith, right, to believe You're safe. Ooh, that rhymes. That's good preaching right there. So it takes faith to believe that you're safe in God's arms. So my question for you, my challenge for you, my encouragement for us as a community is, what would it take to just express trust, to express the fact that we believe the fact that God is bigger than our battles? This is how Martin Luther put it in the second verse of his famous song, and I think it just sort of sums everything up. It says, did we in our own strength confide our straw houses, our stick houses, our brick houses, our striving, and some of you feel the striving. Life is like just white knuckling for you, just holding on for dear life. Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be, Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabaoth, which by the way means rest, peace. That's his name. From age to age, the same, no matter what happens in those ages. He's steady. And he must win the battle. On the night that he was betrayed, the world looked like it was falling apart. It looked like that there was no more hope. But before the darkness settled in, Jesus gave his disciples something that we cling to as well. 
we can come to this altar that he gave, give, gave us. It was on that night that he took bread. And he broke bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body that's given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And after the supper, he took the cup and after giving thanks, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant that's in my blood. And it's poured out for you, it's poured out for all, for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of it, remember me. Would you stand together? We're going to pray a prayer before we receive the Lord's Supper. Before we come to the altar. Before we express this faith, this trust that God through Jesus has saved us. That God through Jesus' death and resurrection has a victory over every battle that we fight. So let's pray this prayer together as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Our God is a mighty fortress. And when you come to this table in faith, his love and salvation is for you. It's for you. Amen.